Welcome to the self-evident podcast. You got Mike. You got Mass. Beautiful. Beautiful. You also got Easy E and Ice-T in the house. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Be sure to let us know where you're viewing from, where you're listening from. Hi. I, we just have Massey on the intro. Um, he is our equality factor, our diversity factor. Equality factor? Wow. We, we hired him Why did that to feel fill like the slam? diversity Why quota. Why did that feel like a slam? Because it was. Um, <laughs> Because we wanted it to be, pal. All right. <laughs> Carrie's back. We... <laughs> what? Hey, Carrie! Carrie's back. Carrie's back. In Thank you. House. Everybody like, share, subscribe, do all the things. You guys all that know. stuff. You know the, the drill, The right? things with the stuff. And, and the... You, if you don't, the Bible says you... Careful. <laughs> Never mind. I can't. I, could. I was like going there. I was going there. And then I was like, ah, I don't want to. Let's let's Dang. put up our beautiful Dang. beautiful QR codes. Oh, yes. yes, the yes. QR code. Well, click, dude. So click. We got, go to the QR code. We, we got new shirts coming out this next week. They're here. amazing. They're the best ever. And dude, y'all are gonna want to stay tuned for this. Our new hats came out. The the new newer designs. The shirts are gonna be incredible. There's one that's free speech, uh, a, a free speech shirt, and then there's one that what's it? Oh, life, liberty, and uh, the pursuit of holiness. Those are going to be on sale here this next week. Once we pick them up, it's going to be amazing. You want to be a part of that. So go to the self truth.com or scan the QR or code. That's in QR. your face right now. I, I want to see that QR code clicked. Who's going to use it? Oh, there it goes. <laughs> oh, there's back. I, I'm watching on the delay to answer the comment and I want to see stuff pop QR code used. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Carrie. Come on you. my mug. Who did Carrie? Carrie? Hey, can you tell the story about that? No, because oh, I don't. Uh, I don't want to pump myself up. I want you to brag on me. I, 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 I will say. <laughs> so I have this GIF. GIF. What do they call them? The stupid things. GIF. No, no, GIF. No. The guy who invented it is wrong. It's not a GIF. It's a GIF. I know. Okay, so <laughs> GIF, right? Whatever it is, I don't know. <laughs> You know those stupid things that you do on your phone? You send the somebody. images. And the- Whenever I'm feeling a little bit mischievous, I send it to everybody. So it's like, hey, do you want to go get coffee right now? And then it's that smiley Grinch face. Well, it's kind of been my moniker. I do that with everyone. So then Mikey, for Christmas, buys me this mug where it says nice. What is it? <laughs> naughty and nice. So this is the nice side and this is the naughty side, which is the smile. Wait, I it's, send. it's exactly messy. <laughs> yeah. And we did a, a Christmas short comparing his face to that Grinch face. And it was seamless. It was perfect. Spot on. Oh, it was so good. So when I feel a little bit like, hey, let's go, let's go attack this issue today. I do that little gif. <laughs> this is me. So uh... can, can we see it right now? Is that, is that a possibility? <laughs> I mean, tell me this is uncanny. I wish I wish we had the comparison short that we could throw up right now. <laughs> I could send it. Des- but Des- of course, just said that short course, was amazing. No one's queued up. Producers dropping the, oh, the, 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 no the They're dropping you the puck sh- right now. I'm going Canadian. You're dropping the Canuck right now. Okay. You're dropping the this, puck. This is Bush League, bro. Yeah. This is Bush League. What are you doing? Gong show. Jeepers. Those Canadians know about Labats. <laughs> You know, <laughs> this just isn't worth a, a warm labat on its second day. This is just not it. This is not. No. No. We no. need some Timbits from Tim Hortons. <laughs> so anyway, that's been our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it, guys. Um, oh, we have a topic to talk about, don't we? Eh. Eh. <laughs> she goes, Eh. <laughs> With a Canadian flag representing America, what do we have? What's yeah, our? What do we have? Build a wall, America, America. There we go. It's or America, we have China, <laughs> China, oh China. Okay. <laughs> how did we do this? I don't know. How did we, how did we end up here? <laughs> and I, I don't want to try to segue this one because it's going to fail no matter what I do. Look at that. Don't be a hoser, eh? Uh, don't be a hoser, eh? 
I no. Just so I'll you know, just topic. so you know, Carrie, Mike is the closest thing to Canada. He's a Michiganite. Well, I was in Minnesota, but you're pretty close up there. To yeah, the, to the yeah, you, yeah. Uh, and I played hockey, so I pretty much. And actually, I went to college, Lake Superior State, which we saw Canada from our student rec center. There you go. That was about the yeah. only thing worth it at that school was the view <laughs> of a bridge. That was it. Port Huron's pretty pretty. That's true. That's a beautiful place. Yeah. You know, seeing across, you could see Canada stone throw, you know? Yeah. Pretty nice. So I don't know why we're talking about this. Why Canada? are we talking about this? Like we 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 are supposed <laughs> to be serious right now. So pick on your local favorite Canadian, uh, but be kind. But pick on him. Because there are brothers and sisters to the north. They're, they're, what was the joke? They're like an apartment over a really cool party. Keep it down there, eh? <laughs> Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> what did you say about Canadian protests one time? <laughs> oh, uh, Canada had a protest the other day. It was vicious and chaotic. We're a little upset here, okay? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, calm down there. Just get a little bat and yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, we're not going to take this. All right. This is just, we're not even going to say thank you. That's how mad we are. Oh, sorry, Carrie. This is hilarious though. Sorry. Okay. So work, work, liberty and work. All right. So we're going to talk about work, 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 work. And frankly, <laughs> I'll still be if you massy. know you know he'll, i'll be massy he'll be frank <laughs> and, and, and frank that's me there is something compulsive in our nature about work why why are we drawn to work okay but the question is is there actually liberty in work you know we've been talking about this philosophy of liberty right can you actually find it in work the communist socialist will of course tell you no work is of the devil so was Karl Marx. Can you actually find yourself freer with more work fulfillment than you did without working? That's the question. Can you actually be have more liberty if you're working as opposed to if you're not? And we're going to get into this. And, and we've got a lot of people who say that the capitalist system, it's requirement of work, that's just oppressive. I would be free if I didn't have to work. Only if, I love that. If we do away with the system of earning profit, can we then do work to create what is needed and the rest of the time enjoy pursuing our own interests like painting or writing? Because that's that's the argument they make is, well, this pursuit of profit, if, if we would just make what we need, then we could pursue the arts and pursue our own our desires. And Yeah, I think what's which, crazy about that, though, is like even when the children of Israel got what they needed, they wanted more and it never happens. You know what I mean? Like when the yeah. once that pursuit of uh, what you call it. I don't want to call it uh, jealousy, but almost like this. Uh, if you start off pursuits of ambition without the Lord, they turn into lusts. Right. And so you just constantly crave that thing. Right. And so lust can be two ways. It could lead you to overworking, excessive working, all this, which mm -hmm. we're going to talk about today. And it could also lead to slothfulness and laziness. You know what right. I mean? So like there's an excess of lust on two sides. I want to do it to ease my life. And I noticed that working when we were doing the credit card stuff. Like most people would just get deals just enough to scoot by. And then when they mm -hmm. needed more, they would just do that. You know, yeah. what I mean? you could see the work ethic of some who wanted to be like in the company, be a millionaire. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we have friends that achieve that pretty fast. Then we have some friends who are like, I sign a deal every yeah. once in a while. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. And you're it, right, Carrie, you got to have balance. And that's it. And that's something that we've talked about is that idea of balance. Like there has to be a balance between work, family, life. All of that. Read Destinies. And, uh, good call. Uh, put up Destinies. Destiny said, would they say it would be wrong to make profit off our habits of writing or art? That question, since they're saying that about capitalism and profit. And that's that's a good point. And so one of the things that communists... Uh, yeah, I'll put words in their mouth. That's fine. Uh, one of the things that they try to point to is, well, the, it's the capitalists who are profiting off of people's labor exponentially that's wrong and evil and awful it's okay for you to sell your stuff for a profit but it then in the same breath they're going against private property and ownership and all that um you should be able to make profit off your labors 
and this is something that that once we understand this concept, a lot of what the founders were going for makes sense. And I'm going to explain it to you, hopefully in a picture to where you understand. Right. When America was first discovered, discovered, colonized, whatever you want to call it, they go out into the middle of the woods, outside of the whole tribes own this, they don't, whatever, which go figure, they moved in and said, well, we own it now. So if you go out into an area of forest, nobody's laid claim to, and you start chopping down trees and you build a cabin, John Locke made the argument that your efforts produce something, therefore you own the product of your labor. It is your decision on whether you sell that cabin you made for a profit and how much. Because if you get somebody that comes and says, well, I'll pay you 50 bucks for it, and another person comes and says, I'll give you 500 for it. It's it's your free association to sell it for whatever you want. Right. The capitalist system, which communists can't stand, if I take the effort, the sacrifice, the drive, the risk to start a business, and I say, I need an employee to work the cash register for me, I'm going to pay $15 an hour or whatever, that employee is deciding whether or not they're going to take That's the exactly job. It. That's that's freedom of association. We're 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 voluntary contract of you work for me, I'll pay you this. You come to work. And they say, "Yes, I'll do that for you. I want the $15 an hour." Right. I make the profit off the business because guess what? I started the business, yeah, I, I took, took the, the risk. risk. Yeah. I because if the business closes, that employee, they just go elsewhere. They don't have the loan from the bank. They don't have all of the assets they're worried about. They don't have the other employees that they have to try and pay. They're not taking on any of that risk. They're coming in, Bingo. getting paid to, to do a job and leave. I think what's unique about it, too, this is the danger of having unions and stuff like that. Because instead of a, a, a agreeing to the contract that you have, you're forcing now by government edict or whatever, right? By, by pressing them, in a sense. I'm not saying unions are working for government, but they might as well be because they always donate to Democrats. So like they are working figure, to, to, right. to, to lobby, yep. right? But you're forcing the employer to pay you more, right? When you're the one who agreed to that contract. Now, some of you will say, well, some of these uh, bosses, they're just extorting people. Well, you agreed to work for them. Right. Quit and go work somewhere else. If the entire workforce quit the dude, he would have to, he or she would have to reform, mm-hmm. rethink. Hey, I need a, I, my business was going good. Now everybody left me. That's supply and you demand. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, instead of trying to finagle and, and use force, do it to where the heart changes. If you force this guy to do that, they're just going to hate you even more. And they're going to figure out ways to get around it and hurt you in the end. They always do because you're not changing the heart, right? You're forcing them to change, which is what we're, this is what Liberty's about. It's like, dude, if that guy wants to be a, a jerk and pay you 10 bucks an hour, the guy up the road for the same job is paying you 18. And you're trying to force this guy to pay you 18. You got the wrong motive, right? Leave this guy and the guy will feel it. You know what I mean? That's why it was like, when uh, one of the things that the, if, if you didn't study like the, the move of the South, when, when uh, the, the blacks were coming up in the 60s mm-hmm. and stuff like that, blacks started to like open their own industries. Yes. And it was like, oh, they're competing with the whites. You know what I mean? That's exactly And then all of right. a sudden everybody's leaving the whites to go to the black stores. And it was like it wasn't happening in every case. I'm not saying it was uber successful, but it started where it was like, oh, we get it. Competition always breeds goodness. Right. And- not in a prideful way. But in a like in a in a in a economic system way. Yeah. And and black labor was a, a really big thing, especially in that those middle nineteen hundreds. Um, and then stuff started to get squashed. Right. Because of course the government has to get involved and squash a good thing that is naturally. growing itself naturally. And that's the beauty of competition, especially in a marketplace, is if if I am a really good worker and I'm getting paid fifteen dollars an hour, I have leverage. I can go to my boss and say, I'm doing really well for you. I'm helping you make money. I'd like $18 an That's hour. Right. And my boss can choose to say yes or no. Now, my boss has to take into consideration, I have this really good employee that I'm about to lose, which means I'm going to have to train somebody new, which costs time, effort, and money. Bingo. I can't guarantee Bingo. I'm going to get somebody just as good, if not better. And plus, this person has future potential with my company. Bingo. So then a decision comes. Now, if the boss says, nope, I'm not giving you $18 an hour, that's fine. I'm going somewhere else who will pay me $18 an hour. Thank you for the experience. You know, like 
there is a beautiful freedom, a mm-hmm. beautiful liberty in the market when you allow the market to work instead of trying to infest it with all these regulations. And, and to get off on a bit of a tangent, this whole minimum wage stuff frustrates the heck out of me because, okay, raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Sure. Okay. By the way, over 95% of earners of minimum wage, you know, before they start trying to raise it to $15 an hour, when it was at his old stuff, high schoolers. That's right. It, it was not adults trying to earn a living wage. The minimum wage was being paid to high schoolers. How much money should a burger flipper get paid? Should it be $15 an hour? Man, you better be flicking, flipping a darn good burger for right. that. And there's so many factors as to why prices go up. And I think this is a good good kind of like swing. Mm-hmm. So many reasons why the prices go up. Obviously, one is, is um, Biden's economy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, government in general, right? Government that uh, drives up inflation. It drives up our national debts, right? All this other stuff. You can agree to disagree. Or, or, or you can agree with me or disagree with me is what I meant. But governments do it. But then the second thing is we have to pay people more because government says, well, then the owner knows I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to have to raise my price. Right. So they raise the price. Like, Man, a Big Mac used to cost me $2.50. Now it's $7.95. You know, and then you're seeing, too, where it's like the cost of goods goes up. So then all of a sudden, we're like, well, we're not getting paid enough. It's like, dude, cost of goods goes up. Then the uh, uh, rates go up. Hourly rates go up. All of a sudden, it's like then it's passed on to the consumer because that's what happens. You tax them more, it's going to get passed on to the consumer. This is what people don't understand about government. Biden's passing the six trillion. He wants to pass the six, six trillion, six point nine trillion trillion dollar uh, uh, spending package. Like this, this is what they. This is our budget, six point nine trillion. We were mad at Trump when it was what two, three yeah. trillion, right? And we should have been. We should have been. That's a lot of money. Six point nine trillion dollars. Who's going to eat that? Yeah, it, it is truly just blank check at this point. Money to you, money to you, money, money everywhere. Who is paying $6.9 Now, the budget proposal, I, I know it'll get demolished, uh, at least in the House. But, but the stupid the, thing is... The, go, go ahead. No, go They're ahead. selling it like it's going to reduce the deficit. Right, Yeah. Even though our debt will go up to fifty-one trillion, <laughs> great job! You reduced the deficit, but the debt went up. Good job, yeah. The, your year over year, you you shrank it a little bit, but your total now, I can hear Paul in my head our talking assets, about assets yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Different conversation, but the fact remains: these people have no responsibility, no responsibility anymore. Biden is a career politician, okay, who's made money off the backs of deals that are happening with other people. These politicians somehow are worth millions and millions and millions of dollars when if they're a senator, they're making, what, $174,000 a year? That's right. But they're worth millions and millions. Something's happening. Something's happening. Biden's only been president for, what, two, three years? $400,000 a year? Yet... He's worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. Why? Because these people get into office. They don't actually build anything. They just siphon money and make connections. And, oh, well, you need this contract. You need that over there. Yeah, scratch yeah, a few can, backs yeah, to get their I own scratch. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's anyways. We're, we're getting into the land where I'm about to get on my soapbox. And we've got work to Guys, talk comment about. below on what you think about this. We new, do new uh, spending package. Comment below on the spending package that they want to do now. Six point nine trillion. Comment below on what you think about the national debt. We want to hear your, your conversation. We want to answer questions that you may have. This is about liberty now. So let's so. put up uh, Carrie Booth, my hubby. You see it. So Carrie Booth says my hubby hasn't been in a union for 26 years and his boss told him he has his job as long as he wants it. He doesn't ask for raises, but sees them on his paycheckies. Yeah, that's right. You guys use QU. What the heck? His hard work and dedication makes him valuable to his employer. Come on. That's market. That's market. You are valuable to me. I need to keep you. Agreed. Boom. Destiny. I like it. Destiny says, I don't think minimum wage jobs, or I don't think minimum wage jobs isn't supposed to be a forever job. You're absolutely right. You're supposed to be training to move up the ladder, wherever you're going for your career. It is skills and technique training to be able to apply to a better job. 
She continues, it just it's just until you get a professional job. Some people can make good careers as managers, but I still think general positions aren't supposed to be forever. Kind of why a lot of high school and college kids do minimum wage jobs. Exactly. Because you're untested. If you're a 16, 17-year-old, you are untested. And you're probably not very reliable and you're not yeah. very good at your job. Yeah, and if you're told to, like... Unless you're iced tea. I, I yeah, remember exactly. watching Little House on the Prairie with my kids and, and we were watching this episode and uh, Michael Landon says in there, any job that is honest is a good job, right? And so, like, if we're teaching kids, hey, go work at McDonald's, for example, that's not your forever career. What if they get in there and actually like it and open up their own franchise or two More or power five or ten? You know what I mean? Like, let's encourage them to love labor, love right. to work, right? Because that'll encourage them to say, man, okay, I learned a lot from that furniture business, but what if I opened my own and I did this and this and this? I could own my own company. Or I just want to be a good manager because I'm, I'm good at that. I don't want to own anything. I don't want the responsibility. But man, I love people and I want to manage well. You know what I mean? Like if we encourage them to like take that, that position you're at at 15, 16, whatever it is, mm -hmm. 14 years old, and learn every skill you can. Learn how to delegate. Learn how to like uh, uh, time manage. Learn how to, to um, problem solve and those kind of things. Dude, I mean, what you're letting your kids learn instead of like, just going to my dead end job today, flipping burgers. Yeah, keep doing that because all they're going to do is hate their job, hate their life, hate their position, right? Instead of actually saying, I'm supposed to do all things as under the Lord. Mm -hmm. Everything I put my hand to is supposed to be unto the Lord. So teach your kids to love that job, that work, that thing. Don't yeah. teach them to hate it. You know what I mean? I want you to go into the, the scriptural discussion of, of work on the notes. Where are we? Okay, cool. So excessive. Uh, where are we at? Scriptural stuff. We we haven't gotten to. We're on two. Okay, cool. God model. So God modeled um, in creation the idea of work. Matter of fact, when He created uh, the Garden of Eden, He told Adam to keep the garden. In other words, go out there, tend it, keep it, all that stuff. Work was built in. Basically, had a job right away before he even had a wife. So Eve wasn't even created yet. It was go work and go produce, go do right, go name the animal, all these other things. Working six days, followed by a day of rest, which was, you know, obviously Sunday, you Seventh-day Adventists. I'm kidding. I, whatever you <laughs> want to practice on that, I don't care. Right? Then God gave man work to do, uh, to name all the animals. We can infer the process involved, all that stuff, Genesis 2 through uh, 19 through 20. But then we get to this point. Sometimes excessive work, like sometimes when we lose our identity and what we're called to, we do this thing like, where we work too much. And, and I've, I'm guilty of this. Can I just shoot straight? Like when I was doing ministry full-time and still do, I was like, we got to go save the nation, right? We got to give ourselves to the Lord. So I just started sacrificing everything. Well, I started sacrificing my time with the kids. Yeah. I started sacrificing my time with my wife. And so God had to really straighten me out. And, and it, 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 took a, it took a good lashing spiritually to, to, to get me to calm down, right? And then it took a faithful pastor, my, my, my pastor, to say, dude, you will lose your kids in pursuit of this if you don't Amen. do this right. Amen. Not realizing if I wanted a position of leadership, my, my own home has to be tended well, right? Yeah. As it says in Peter, Timothy, all that stuff. My position dictated that my house be run well. And so like, that's my first ministry. I know everybody says that your house is first ministry, but many people use that not to get into ministry and do what they're called to do. I got to tend my home. No, you're, you can do both, right? That proves it. If you want an office of a deacon, run your house well, husband and one wife, vigilant, sober, given to hospitality, have to teach, Right. So you, you run your house well, and you can do this to go do that, right? So like, but if you read Psalm 127, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, listen to this closely, accept the Lord, or unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Except the Lord does it through you, you're building it in vain. It's sinking sand is all it is, right? Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to retire late to eat the bread of painful labors for he gives his beloved even he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. So what's this saying? You could work your whole life and think, man, this is what God wants me to do. And you could be working for the pursuit of something, this lustful thing. And it could be nothing. You could try to guard everything you have. And if the Lord's not in on it, the devourer is going to come and eat it up because you don't have the Lord guarding it. You know, and Malachi talks about that. You rebuke the devourer. Right. When we give our tithes to the storehouse, that kind of right. thing. He keeps he keeps what you do. But then he says this. If you're working, you're getting up early and working late. You're just eating the bread of sorrows. He wants you to rest because he gives you sweet sleep. He gives to you blessing when you rest. So like there's this balance, too. I love to work hard. 
to me, I need to accomplish something every day. I don't know what it is, but in me, if I accomplish two or three things a day, man, it's like, thank you, God. You know what I mean? Right. I'll, I'll work to accomplish those two or three things, whatever it is. What, even if it's solving someone else's problem, I feel like I accomplished something right today. We got much to accomplish, you know, and, and it's just cool to watch God grow us. But I've learned to step back and just let the Lord do this thing. My wife said something to me last night that was really cool. A friend of hers, I'll say her name. Uh, well, you don't know her, so why say her name? She sent my wife a text because my wife's going through some, some health stuff. She had some surgery to fix things to, to reverse the bag, the colostomy bag, right? So she's been in the hospital just, you know, wor- letting her system kind of work. A friend of ours texted her and said, it's, it's the Lord that is carrying you. And my wife had been struggling with, why don't I have the faith to believe? My wife actually said to me, I think it's the Lord carrying me. It's not me having or not having faith. It's I feel like I can't do anything. And I just feel like the Lord's advancing it. Mm-hmm. And it was such a breakthrough. And I feel like that with work, it's not the more I work or less I work, right? If I focus on what God has called me to do, I will work the adequate amount of hours. I will do everything I can in the amount of time. And at five o'clock, bro, this is how I set my time. It's my time with the kids. Right. It's my time with Carrie. Right. Everybody else can wait. You know what I mean? Because I need to be with my family. I need to be, and there are days where Isaiah will call me in the middle of the day. Hey dad, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, just stuff, right? Like I'm doing something, <laughs> work. right? Or Nathan or whatever, or my wife will call me. Like it's when you work with everything you have unto the Lord and you say, Lord, now my balance, I need my time, my family. You need to discipline yourself to do that, right? But work is so important to the, to the man, right? To, to, to the husband, the provider. Read uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12. If you guys have your Bibles. Guys, start bringing your Bibles when you listen to this podcast. Just do it, okay? So follow along. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12. If anyone, doesn't it just say man? If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. You ever notice the more idle a man becomes, the more sin he finds himself in? It's so true. So true. Right now, such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ. We exhorted, we're exhorting you in Christ to work in a quiet fashion and to eat their own bread. Don't you be dependent on a government, don't be dependent on something. Now, there are t- times and cases where you need help, that's important, right? Get yourself out of that so you can go help another. That's the point, right? So, he's saying that here's another one Matthew 10 9 through 10. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey, or even two coats or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worthy of his support. In other words, provision. Go ahead. Uh, it just reminds me of the the scriptural evidence of all of it. The, the scriptural backing of it is, look, you're worthy of your work, right? A, a man is worthy of his labor. In other words, God's going to provide for you. You don't there's there's this interplay that I think people struggle with, and I've struggled with this in the past. Is well, if the Lord's going to provide, and it's not of me, then I shouldn't do anything. I should sit on the couch. But then if I sit on the couch, nothing's happening. And it's that faithfulness in what God has given you, right? And the the trust and faith in the Lord that He's going to bring it to fruition. I think a lot about uh, Joseph and how God blessed everything that He did. Right. Joseph gets out of prison. He gets put into second place in all of Egypt and God blesses everything he does. Well, that that doesn't mean he sat on the couch and nothing happened. It means when he did the work, when he did the task, when he went out and had the idea, God blessed it. Like, I feel like for us right now, the the stuff we're doing, God is bringing to fruition. I agree. It it feels like it's it's there's wind in the sails. and rolling. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, but what's cool. what's unique about that? is we had to come to a point last year, you and I, to say, fine. I mean, I came to that point. I'm done, Lord. It's yours. Right. I, I don't want it anymore. I, I'm just tired, right? And then all of a sudden, poof, that's when it happened. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> that, seven years of this? You know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm striving, I'm struggling. And it's like, dude, he knew the works. Matter of fact, I'm thinking about Revelation when he's like, I know your works. I know what you did. Come back to your first love. My first love should have been him in the first place. Now, I'm not saying I made ministry an idol. I made, I made work my idol. Me putting my, like, thing, my, my faith in things. And I didn't see it. I was blind to it, you know? Because I always think working hard is important. I want people to know that I'll, not just that I'll work hard, but I don't want to let people down. So it's like I just work really hard. And then it just came to a point last year where I was like, you know, 
I don't need this anymore. It's stealing my peace. I mean, literally, I said that to Lord. I don't need this anymore. If I was to die today, I know you would say to me, well done, that good and faithful servant. I could have preached to 500,000 people or five people, but I've done what I needed to do, right? right? So I said, fine, I'm done. I mean, <laughs> I was at that point, like, I'm done with all this. And then he says, poof, there you go. It's yours now. Like, what? So now this year, it's like, oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're doing that favor yesterday, meeting that guy. Yeah. The, the, the account. I mean, just like yeah. so many things happening where it's like, seriously? It was like this, huh? The whole time. Was your boy a bonehead or what? Yes. Right. You know, I mean, I'm just being <laughs> honest, right? And, and I, I love the idea that I get to have fun in doing the work and being productive. And it's not, I, I go back to this because I think this is really important us to, for us to figure out. We're built to work. We're built to work. We're built to labor. We're built to do stuff, to put our hands to things. If you notice in the garden before the fall, they were still given a task. They were given a job, Dude. take dominion, subdue, right? Bingo. Well, that's work. And then you notice what the curse was after the fall for Adam. Now you're going to the thorns and the thistles by the sweat of your brow. It's not going to, in other words, the curse was not, well, now you have to work and you didn't before the curse was now your work isn't going to be nearly as productive as it could have been right. before the fall. That's where God comes in. When you reestablish, use this to understand what scripture is trying to do, right? You are being pointed back to what was the relationship before the fall. That's what God is trying to get us back to. Now, trying is getting us back to. That's the whole reason Christ died and resurrected was to be able to bring us back to that original communion with God. Well, okay, if I'm walking as a spirit-filled believer, all of a sudden, God is working with me. Now, the sweat of my brow is, is less important. Now, God's helping me in the process. Bingo. Right? And, and there is a a beautiful energy when you are on your journey, you're on your path with the Lord, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. There's a peace. It doesn't mean you don't have rough days. It doesn't mean that things don't go wrong. It doesn't mean that there won't be obstacles and trials in your way, but you're walking it with the Lord. And I love when the Lord blesses the work of your hands that you've been doing. Yeah. I mean, even too, where like, obviously God wants to, he loves, he's in the business of promoting and, and do all those things like getting you better things. He is. God does that kind of stuff when he wants to and decides to because he's sovereign. I love that about him. But you know what? Some of us just need to accept where we're at right now and embrace that cactus for a minute. So you know what, Lord? I hate my job. I hate this. I hate this. I hate my boss. I hate that. You weren't called to curse those things. You were called to do well. So maybe that is a bad, but what if you're supposed to be the witness to your boss to change? You know what I mean? Like there, there's a, there's an old, I, I wish, I wish we could show it. We'll, we'll try to make a podcast or just let Darlene Dibler. She was a World War II uh, missionary during World War II, and she was imprisoned, dude. And her story is like two and a half hours long. It's insane, right? I'd love to do a two-part podcast on it, just listening to her story. When she was in prison, dude, she was treated so maliciously, and she would still preach to the guards, hmm. right? Till one time, one of them got saved, and she had dysentery. She was like frail and everything like that. And she started praying to the Lord. She goes, can I just she, – she looked outside the, the guard window – she saw them eating all bananas. She's like, can I just have one banana, Lord? I just want one. I just want one, she said. Well, then her old, at a different jail, the guy got saved. The guard, the, the head master came to see her. He heard she was there and he smiled and he cried when he saw her. You know, he brought in a whole bushel of bananas, 92 bananas. Because <laughs> she embraced it. She didn't Amen. say, why are you leaving me here? She, she just embraced it and said, Lord, she started pressing in and praying. She started saying, Lord, this is your will. It's your sovereign. She started preaching to the guards. You know what I mean? Why, why haven't we done that to our bosses? Right. And I'm guilty of this in the past until I started to accept, hey, God's got me here for a reason. And until he sees fit to promote me, I'm going to stay here and be. You did that at Caps. Yep. Can you share? Yeah. This is good. I was, I was very frustrated with my positioning because I knew I, I was meant for ministry. And I, I, Massey will tell you over and oh over and over gosh, again. You came over and we talked oh, about it. and always describing it as I feel like a racehorse and the gates haven't opened yet. And I'm just, I want to do. And I was frustrated because I didn't feel like I was doing what I was meant to, what I was called to, what I was talented to do. Right. And I was discontent. I was just telling somebody this the other day and I would, I knew I was supposed to be content. I'm content. I'm content. I'm content. I'm enjoying. <laughs> this is good. I can do this forever. It's no problem. 
man, nothing changed. I was still miserable because my heart hadn't shifted. And finally, it dropped. It clicked. And finally, I released. I said, no, I'm okay. I'm just going to do the best I can where I'm at. And you want to know one of the things that I, I figured out I was doing was I was afraid deep down that if if I actually accepted where I was at, God would leave me there. Mm. That was my fear. Wow. If I actually say, okay, Lord, I'm, I really am okay with this. I'm at peace. God will say, ha, good. You're done. That's where you're at. They ain't yep. moving you now. What a twist, right? right, right what a, right, what right. a perversion of thought. But when I finally said, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to do this to the best of my ability. I'm cool. I really am cool. Immediately things start opening up new responsibilities, new levels, new opportunities. So cool. Then all of a sudden revive and self-evident are, <laughs> are battling over me. Like it's, did you hear, did you hear that? Yeah, vlog about I, himself? I, yeah, that was yeah. nice. You like how it's, there's how no I, war here. Yeah. I'm going to win. There's no war <laughs> guys. Okay. But, but all of a sudden opportunities were coming in and it was like, I see it, Lord. I get it. I get it. And so I, I, by all means, um, Destiny says, let's put Destiny's up. God works through difficult, difficult jobs, produces character and perseverance. I've been through, oops, sorry. I've been through that and have been ministering to a friend about it who doesn't like her job. Amen. You know, like. Look at Carrie's story too, dude. I worked retail for, go for 18 it. years and I was thankful for the work. I didn't make a lot, but I got to bless people. My favorite story was assisting a family that had lost their home to a fire at Christmas. Store was empty that night. Like my dad used to say, I didn't make a lot of money, but I made a lot of friends. Where your heart is in a matter is everything. Exactly. Wow. That's so Bro, cool, that's, dude. That's, that's so deep. cool. Because like, I, I think, what if Christians, I think this is why he says, count it all joy when you fall to various trials. Because yeah. what's our witness to the world when we go through a trial? Is it going to be like the world where we get frustrated and pissed off and angry and take it out on people and I don't want to be here and your whole attitude changes? Or is it literally supposed to be my Christ hung on a cross, y'all, right. and I'm stuck at a job I don't like? I mean, seriously. And he did it despising the shame with joy. I was, bro, I was just talking to a friend yesterday who owns a business. And he said, I've got this manager who, manager, great at his job, does well, smart guy, knows what he's doing. The problem is he's a negative Nancy. His attitude is negative about everything. Oh, this and oh, well, I know. And I, I asked him, I was like, does this affect the culture of the people underneath him? And my friend said, you know, there's, there's this story in a Jocko Wilnick book, uh, Extreme Ownership, about SEAL teams have this competition where they have to carry boats on their heads. And if, if you got first place, you got to break the next round, right? And there was this team that kept coming in first and this team that kept coming in last. And so Jocko switched the leaders. So last team leader went up to first team. First team leader went down to last. Well, first team stayed first, but immediately last team was competing for first place. And, and my friend was using this example saying the, the group under this manager has done well to kind of keep the negative at bay but over a long enough timeline, it's going to seep in and make Bingo. things worse. And so your attitude, your negativity, it may not come to fruition in this season, but what is it setting for the next season? And we have to Bingo. be very careful as Christians, what environment and culture are we setting in our job? How are we approaching our job? Because it will infest into other people. Bingo. I think Shalene said it best too. She said, when you're faithful and little, that statement alone, that statement alone is right. Faithful in the little things, faithful in the little places, despise not small beginnings. Those kind of scriptures need to enter in your heart when you're at a place where you're like, okay, I'm at a crossroads. I don't understand. Then embrace the crossroad. Let the Lord open the opportunity. Let him do the, you know what I mean? Yeah. You bust open that door, dude. You're already starting in the flesh. And you don't want that because there's no favor on it. Right. There's no blessing in it because you're going to have to work to maintain that when God gives it to you. He maintains. I just operate and do. I'm faithful with it. I think that's probably the most important, you know, and, and you're right, bro. In, in a sense. No, you're right. In, in this respect, you reap what you sow. Like what we sow 
into people, right? Is what we reap. Mm -hmm. I think even Jesus faced laziness. You remember that story when he said, I hired these people in the morning for a, a yeah. penny or a farthing. And then later on, he hires someone at three o'clock and he's like, you know what? There's still a farthing. Guys in the morning were like, dude, we work longer. He's like, but that's what you agreed to. Right. Right. Then he says something crazy where he's like, you know, the harvest is ready. Laborers are few. I wonder like if this was the same thing he was dealing with back then too. Oh, I'm sure. But it wasn't written to say, look, see, Jesus dealt with it too. No, it's actually written so that we wouldn't deal with it, so that we would teach others to not be lazy. So we would show you, hey, back then, that's how it was. Through the empowerment of Christ, we're not supposed to be. And I feel like we accept these things because it's like, hey, times change. Doesn't matter. The word don't. Right. The spirit of God don't. And you could try to reason with it, but you can't. And I want to, I, this keeps pounding in my head. We have to get to the, you and I have to get to the position of proving does work produce liberty, right? And, and if, liber, or if work is prescribed by God, then it should be able to produce liberty in our lives, right? And I would argue absolutely because under, and I've got stats in here and everything, and there's Massey wants to go to number five, which no, that's liberty and work. I, I was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, jeez. Um, oh, no, no, no. You're Massey good. wants to go you're to good. five. Massey no, is just... trying to follow the syllabus. We need to start, we need to start producing the notes did, for did you, you guys. See, did you see? We actually hit does work make you happy? It doesn't right. matter if it makes you happy, you got to be happy in the work, right? You know and, what I mean? But the statistics do bear out that. When you work, you're happier, you're more satisfied, which makes sense because just in the worldly sense, in the value. if you're working and you're taking in more income, you have more money to be able to deal with the problems of life. And the correlation is very close of the more money you earn, the higher satisfaction in life you Bingo. have, which makes sense because if your car breaks down and you're not making any money, now you're stressed because you don't know whether to eat or fix your car. I'm just thinking about Ice T over here. Her happiness is tied to this work. Yes. Are you happy? Are you? Mm-hmm. Well, good. You don't need a raise yeah. then. Well, <laughs> I, I wanted to add on to the point earlier. I was like, oh, Go we're for talking it. about raises now? Um. <laughs> are you no. on? Are, the, are you guys on? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so Liberty and Work. to add? Oh, no, you that's what I just said. She wanted to add that she needs a raise. Oh, she but she's does. happy, <laughs> so she doesn't need a raise. I never said that. Amen. She's content. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, yep, you for providing. Here, for we'll trend. talk later. We'll it's, talk later. It's the Lord who provides for you. So uh, take mm. it up with him. Yeah. So can we actually find liberty? <laughs> See Shalene's comment? I could sell it? pencils on the street and have a great time. Yes, she could. That girl, she is always happy, dude. She Shailene, is always joyful. We I, I'm actually convicted by you, Shalene. You are so happy all the time. We have an opening for a fundraiser position. <laughs> we do, actually. Talk to us after, please, by all means. Uh, so can we actually find liberty in our hyper-capitalist society, which uses your body as a cog in the gears of the machine and then spits you out onto the scrap heap when your body is used up? Yeah. yeah. Yes, you can find liberty in that. Let's look at it in a rational sense. Like we said, the more resources you have, the more ability you have to protect yourself, go somewhere, make connections, and resist things that might encroach on your liberty. So this is not a great example, but an example that will put it in your mind. Extremely wealthy people many times seem to operate outside the bounds of law. But there's also something else there. They have less need to rely on somebody in an involuntary association. If I have the money, I can resist coercion. Because you can't use money to bribe me. You can't use the, the, the unequal nature of resources to press on me, right? Makes sense. If I have no money and I need something, well, now I'm at the whims of somebody. If I have the money, I don't need you. I'll find somebody True. else to do it, right? So there is a, a world sense of liberty of now you're, you're less prone to coercion from somebody else. Yep. You can make the deal you want to make. Yep. And I, I think that's important for us to understand with work. That's valuable. If you're not working and you don't have resources, you are at the whims of somebody who has it, a.k.a. when the government comes to you and says, well, we'll give you the money, strings attached. That's right. Sign this dotted line. Just give us your whatever. Yeah. Just sign over this to us. You know and, what I mean? 
And now all of a sudden, well, we need you to get a vaccine in order for you to keep taking this money. Coercion. 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 So when we work, we're actually creating for ourselves independence, self-confidence, which leads to identity and leads to a desiring of liberty. One of the best ways to make somebody a slave is to destroy their identity. Bingo. How do you do that? Destroy their self-confidence. Destroy their abilities. If you keep them without identity, they will be your slave forever. And so as you build and you gain resources, whether those resources are are money, material, or non-material, skills are resources. Talents are resources. So if you're gaining those, you're gaining confidence. You're gaining identity. You're gaining who you are and knowing who you are despite what everybody else says. Right. That produces liberty. Right. When we don't work, we never convert resources into useful products. And so this is how I talk about resources. Resources are anything you can use to produce something. So it might be your intellect. It might be a technique or a skill that you have. And I would argue satisfaction and work, here's, here's what matters, I think. This is my theory. Y'all can prove me wrong if you want. If you nail two two-by-fours together, and that's your job, how satisfied with your work will you be after five, ten years? Now, it depends of very much in the Christian sense, Lord, I'm doing this unto you. But I would argue that the Christian will look at nailing those two two by fours and go, I wonder how I could do this better. I wonder what more I could do. Right now, all of a sudden you're taking more resources, your intellect into the process and you're going the process. I think that's where satisfaction and work comes from. How many different resources can you pull in to the task you're doing? I would argue that somebody who makes custom artistic furniture probably has a on average higher level of satisfaction than somebody who nails two two by fours together. I completely agree. Because you're using your artistic nature, your intellect, your skills, technique, you're using and hammer, actually, nails, tools. Anything ornate has become kind of like this niche market. Yeah. Because people love it. The big box stores, nothing against the 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 Lowe's and things like that. You could buy a, a a fence for your yard, right? On the outside. Or I can hire a company, an ornamental company, to go make me a fence by scratch and like right. a design that I could like really get behind. And because I used to do it, right? And people are willing to pay it because it's unique, it's different. And once they see that, they taste it. They're like, "Man, I, I want that." So like, using your gifting is actually an, uh, 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 a sought after niche. Yes. You know what I mean? If if you can grasp a hold of that, right? And it's higher value. So I use this example. So when we work productively, so in America, nailing those two two by fours together, let's say it earns you five cents. Working twenty four hours a day will earn you a whopping dollar twenty if you one per hour, right? That buys you nothing in America. And therefore, your work was actually not very productive. Now. Let's say you build custom furniture, right? Or an ornate fence, and it's worth thousands of dollars. You're pulling in more resources, turning out a better product that has higher value. And I would argue, like Massey's saying, you're using more of what God gave you. This is why I have a problem when people go, churches shouldn't have well-disciplined worship bands and, you know, and, and you know, the lights light show, and, and the, the good sound. Machines. and. It, it should be a guy hammering on a trash can and singing off key. That's true worship. Or we use our creativity. We use our skills. We use our love and passion for the Lord to produce the best thing possible and always looking to like, Lord, what more can I do? There's artistic nature that God Bingo. has ingrained in us, a Bingo. creative nature where I look, let's say I'm the guy who runs the worship show. And I look at it, I go, Lord, I, w- I want to honor you with, I-, I think I can make this more three-dimensional. I think the sound can be better. Let's, let's go for higher quality sound, Lord. Let's go for, for some cool display of lights to help the mood. Like, to me, that's an expression of art- artistic nature. It's excellent. excellence. Why is the temple in the Old Testament... I was just reading about this. Dude, you're so right. So good. Why did they get the best craftsmen to, and literally hundreds of pomegranates 
carved in the gold oh, around the walls. So good. No, no, too ornate, too ornate, too ornate. And dude, the specifics of how the temples were supposed to be built and how much gold and copper and uh, stones had to be hewn and the linens that were used and all these other things. And it's like, oh, but it's wrong if you have a, a, an excellent you have a light worship. Show. Yeah, if you, if you have excellent worship, which worship is not in lights or not. It's in the heart. Right. And if you're going there to nitpick, there's something wrong with you. Okay. And, and you are, to me, you're trying to squash the creative nature that God has ingrained in us. When I look at something that God has given me, it's like, how can I grow that? Dude, how can I make it cooler, come on. bigger, better? No, 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 no. That's not the gospel. Well, dang it. I don't want to sit in my chair and go, Jesus, 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 <laughs> Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. See how bored you are? <laughs> it's like, I thought, is he going to end this? Is he going to keep going? Fest. <laughs> no, I, I want to connect with you. That's why when we hear a speaker who talks like this and they tell you a really good truth and it's something that really hits home, but you just and can't dude, connect with it because they're not saying much outside of or maybe I could give you some dynamics and you and I can kind of connect on more planes than just the single words right. that are being given. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I think too, like when you're passionate about what God has you doing, it translates into how you do it. So I'm passionate about like, you're passionate about creativity and all these other things. And you can see it in your work, dude. You're really excellent at what you do. Everything you. you touch is just you, excellent, man. bro. Everything. And unfortunately he's with me where I'm like, Oh, that's a great list. Mm -hmm, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes, I mean, I do follow it now. Gosh, easy, easy. easy. No judgment. Care careful. Huh? Careful. Huh? But I do think that, like when, when, when I start to hear the, the nitpicking and all these other things, it's like, dude, we were, we, we, my wife and I have been in church when I go preach and stuff like that. We could be at a Baptist church or whatever. I can worship with mm -hmm. a guitar. Yeah. Out of a hymn book. Because Absolutely. I love hymns. I love hymns. I love Southern gospel, but I can go into a big worship center and I don't care if they're doing it for show. I can, my heart is tied to worship. Right. So if they're doing it for show and that's what they're doing and the, the worship leader's heart's wrong. That doesn't matter to me. I'm there to get something from the Lord and receive, right? And give my worship back to the Lord. So I think that that's where we need to be always. But that's just worship, right? Right. It's with anything, work, whatever. Right. You know? Easy. I would say if if you're one of those people who are who are saying that no lights, no, no fog machine, no like spectacular put on show or whatever, we need that. We need that off-key singing trash can guy, yeah. and that's real worship. <laughs> if you're that, if you're that person who is saying that that's worship, you're also that person that is saying, "No, I need the lights. No, I need the fog machines. No, I need all this in order to get into worship." You're yeah. not any different from the people who Ooh, are on. in Good point. the physical when trying to worship. Good point. Because Dang. ooh, that's so good. Because Ooh. we we tend to only oh man, that's so good. Ooh. We tend to only see it one way. We're like, how dare you All need right. the show in order to be able to worship the Lord? It must be austere and plain and boring. Ah, so you need austere, plain, and boring in order for you to worship the Lord. You should be able to worship the Lord no matter where. But I tell you what, it's a little bit easier to worship the Lord when the singer actually knows the words and can sing on key. Yeah, I think, dude, I'm just at, saying. See, Destiny's even dropping some knowledge right now. She's like, amen, it's easy to nitpick, but harder to step into that person's shoes and doing what they do. Right. It's exactly it. I think, too, but this goes to work, right? We're talking about work. It's not just worship. But we're talking about work. I think when you're at work, your creativity should come out and you're not out there to make people angry. I mean, I think about Joseph, right? Who took on his position mm -hmm. because of his faithfulness, being incarcerated, working at Potiphar's house, getting falsely accused. I mean, incarcerated again, all that other stuff. And all of a sudden it leads to being second in charge of, 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 of uh, the empire. Right. When you look at that, the only one that was ahead of him was, was cause he was Zephanepanea, but like the only one was the Pharaoh. So the Pharaoh's like, he's going to be the one in charge. This is the guy I'm giving it to. And it's like, dude, that faithfulness. Right. He made it efficient. He was like, Potiphar, I think we need to do this and this and this. He was making his house blessed. He tells the king, nope, you need to do this. You need to put away that. You need to separate this. And he's like, who am I going to find to do that? You, because you came up with the idea. You're going to run it now. It's like, shoot, you see how, like, if his mind has stayed on the Lord, look what happened through promotion. And and the Lord used his creativity. He, he still had to 
express creativity, right? Joseph still had to say, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build storehouses in main cities, and then we're going to collect resources into those storehouses. We'll pay people for their stuff, or you know, and we'll, we'll bring it all in. And then when the famine comes, then people will come to Truth. us and they'll start. It was a, a brilliant business move. And one of the one of the reasons I say I'm having so much fun is because no matter what I'm doing, whether it's revived school ministry, whether it's the heartbeat discipleship, whether it's self-evident, I'm getting to create and develop. If you come to me and tell me, well, you can't go past this certain threshold of development. Well, that's no fun for me. I'm having a blast because I'm able to look at self-evident and say, Hey, why don't we try this? I think this would be a really good piece. Yep. This would be good. Yeah. And you, we're starting to both you and I, and, and, and not that you didn't do it before, but I think it's different this year. It's too. different year, but it's like, I think we're looking at the issues that we have and saying, okay, how can I overcome that instead of dang, this is an issue. You know what I mean? Now it's like, okay, how do we use our talents and giftings? How do we pray in the people that we need? How do we align with people who already do this well? So we don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know what I mean? Like what's efficiency. And so God is bringing all that now to our feet. You know what I mean? I mean, there's guys, I can't even tell you the good stuff that's happening, but we're going at yeah. noon today to, 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 to something that's huge for us as a ministry. Um, there, you know, just again, uh, that meeting yesterday was like, so favor. We, we met with the it guy was. who we want to be our accountant and I thought, Hey, how much do you need? And he threw out a number of like 1500 or I can't remember what it was. And he's like, no, you're a ministry, man. I'll charge you this much. And it was like, we, we both walked out like, me? are you joking? Like, <laughs> it was almost next to nothing. Let me pay you more. I don't feel right. <laughs> right. It's like, it's almost next to nothing. And it was like, finally, where I'm like, Lord, you do your thing. Right. It's, We're just going to be recipients now because we've done. Yeah. It's, it's truly felt like favor. Um, and it's, it's so much fun because we get the favor. We get to feel the favor and walk in that. Um, Shailene said, criticism is the native tongue of the uninspired Jay-Z. I'm, I'm assuming Joe. Joseph Z. Yeah. yeah, not Jay-Z the rapper. No, no, no. This, <laughs> what this did is, Kanye this, say? This is the right Jay-Z. Woo! Uh, let's put up Kerry Booth. I live to be creative, and even when I'm not trying to do something creative, people tell me it's so creative. Not saying that to puff myself up, saying it to say, when that's who you are, it just comes out. Absolutely. Now, not everybody's creative, and that's okay. But I guarantee you, everybody has something that they're they're good at, something that they're they're high efficiency at, something they, they just do well. Part of the problem is we limit ourselves because we're not content with where we're at. Agreed. If you're not content where agreed, god has agreed, you agreed. you will never be good at your job you Bingo. may you may fight in engineer but you'll only be 80 percent if you're content and you truly are satisfied with okay lord this is where you have me i'm gonna do i'm just i'm here for you lord i'm gonna do the best i can man yep. you'd start that whole if you sweep the floors for 20 years for the lord you better be happy be absolutely content and satisfied to sleep the floors the best you can for the Lord. And I bet you, you're going to start coming up with new techniques. I bet you, you're going to see things that could get fixed and need to get taken care of. I bet you people are going to recognize and say, man, thank you so much for keeping this place clean. You do such an amazing job. Like shoot, that's no awesome. matter where you're at, that is you awesome. Will, you will bring favor from the Lord to you because the Lord's saying, good, you're being faithful and little. Let me give you more. And so right there, right? Like, again, when you're content, God has nothing but to elevate you because he wants that kind of witness in this world. He will elevate that no matter what. You'll be so respected. And I think that's where you see the coolest stories happen. And I think, again, remaining faithful to, to what you're called to, to what your ministry is, to what your job is, to what your mm -hmm. family is. Just be faithful. Enjoy it. Because, like, I think, too, the witness that we portray, God's really big on that. We're, we're ambassadors, which means we're representatives of the Lord. He says we're ambassadors of reconciliation. Yeah. How are we reconciling when you can't even be happy at your own job, even Oof. though you hate it? Oof. You're not going to reconcile people to the Father. You're going to be doing getting mad, gossiping, getting angry, uh, speaking out of ignorance. I used to do it. And Same God here. convicted Same me here. heavy, man. Yeah. Heavy. The more you complain down to people, the more they'll never be able to trust you as a leader. Because you know what they're thinking? Oh, you're complaining about them. What does he say about me? Right. Dude, this is crazy. Like, we have to be content in what God has given us at this moment. And that's a hard place to be. I'm not 
saying I've got the monopoly on this, dude. It took me a long time to learn that, but it's like, I'm content. I'm content. Like if, if we do 10 events this year, okay, Lord, that's all we're doing. We're going to keep going. I'm not going to push God. He's going to do what he's got to do. And he's changing us. Right. The whole time that I'm saying, Lord, why isn't this happening? It's because he's changing me. Thank God he's changing us. It's us that's changing. It's not the people. It's not circumstance. It's me. Because he's faithful. Bro, do you realize, like, and this just hit me. We, we're going through a lot right now spiritually, right? We're both getting nailed. Oh, my gosh. But the, the peace and the joy and the contentment that we're carrying through this never would have shown up three, four, five years ago. No way. We, did, were, did, we were frustrated. Oh, by the way, John, that is a, a great joke. Favor ain't favor. That was what Mariah typed one time on a post. Oh, really? <laughs> For Revive, it was funny. Favor ain't favor. We should find that and post it Anyways. up again. But you and I, we're, we're going through a lot right now. This year, yes. This, this has yep. been a pour down of, of what we'll call it spiritual attack. But we're also having fun. We have peace. We're like, whatever, Lord, whatever you want to do. We know you're going to come through. And, and even if self-evident ends tomorrow, hey, we did it. We had fun. What's next, Lord? Game on. That's right. You know, and and that and can trust us with it, right? Um, Shailene said, "I saw a friend from high school flipping burgers at McDonald's and thought to myself, would I do that job if I needed to?' Yes, I would. And I heard so clearly in my spirit. That's why you won't have to, man. It's so true. When we finally say, Lord, I'm cool to do this. No problem." That's when the Lord opened. Now, maybe you stay in that same job, but the Lord's going to open up cool things, right? Cool things where you can bless a family whose house just burned down. Cool things where you can bless people on the street. Uh, when I was working in Madison, we had homeless people coming in all the time. I was so frustrated because guess what? I was scooping ice cream and I was, what, 30 years old. But man, I got to recognize that I got to bless some people who really needed it. And I, and I got to be known as that person. That's, that's not a, like, I was known as the no, homeless testimony helper. though, but I was giving testimony. I got to enjoy testimony that the Lord was doing through me. Bingo. Why? Because, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm going to do what you gave me. So cool. Dude. Instead of being mad and frustrated and negative with everybody. No, let's have fun. Let's explore this. Let's see what we can do. And I, I saw it as my job to have fun with my coworkers. How can I make this an enjoyable time for all of us? And we had a blast working. We, Busy days, slow days, didn't matter. We were having a blast, man. And dude, that's the true essence of liberty and work. Whether you love it or you hate it, whether it's your business or not, when I have liberty in Christ, I want to be free no matter where I'm at. And if I got to start there, then that's where I got to start. I used to think this, man, I got to prove myself again. I've already proven myself. I've already yeah. done all these things. It's like, and? <laughs> prove yourself again. Because you're not proving yourself to them. God wants to see the heart. And it's funny because people are like, oh, God's sending you. No. It's life, folks. Life is unfair, but it's how you react to that unfairness where it's like, Lord, I'm going to be with you in the, like through the struggle. I'm going to be with you in it. Or I'm sorry. You're going to be with me in it. I'm going to be the guy that's sitting on the rock, not on the sand. Right. I'm, I'm going to be the guy, no matter what, you're going to show up because I clearly want your presence at my job. I want you to open up opportunities for me to witness the gospel, Lord. I want you to do what you, you, you said you would do through me. Right. Mm -hmm. And that ministry is everywhere. It's not self-evident. It's everywhere. Everywhere we go, we could be praying for people, witnessing to people, and we do. You know, we got to be faithful where we're at and watch God move. That's liberty. Liberty is God gave me this, and I'm holding on loosely because it's his. He could take it away at any moment. He could do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. But I'm free because I'm under the blood. I'm his kid, right? And he loves Amen. me. That's it. That's liberty. Amen. So go do everything you're called to do. Everything you're doing, not do it as unto the Lord, not unto man, the Bible says. Amen. Do all things heartily as unto the Lord, not unto man. That's liberty. Whew. That's good. That was a good one. Come on, somebody. Hello. Oh. Testify. Come on now. <laughs> Start speaking in tongue up in here. Thank you, Jesus. All right, guys. Talking about hard-earned money. Have you ever wondered where are you going to put your hard-earned money? Well, we have a place for you. Go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Become a torchbearer and give your hard-earned dollars to us because we're trying to earn hard-earned dollars to earn more hard-earned dollars to give hard-earned dollars for hard jobs. Oh, that was jobs. perfect segue. You like that? You like that? You guys good, love man. your work now? Yeah, yeah, give to us. Give to us. We we want to we want to use some of your products from your resources Dude, to build more product. 
On my what? thing, it says someone scanned the QR code. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Thank it you. pops That's up cool. every time. I didn't know that. Thank you. Check out never... our website. Hey, guys, we love you. I, I love watching you guys talk to each other in this, having conversations, encouraging each other. You are family. You're our family. We're your family. And so keep it up. We we love you. If there's anything we can do for you, please reach out. We we got some cool stuff coming down yep, the pipe. We, just, we got to bring some of it across the finish line. Ah, Carrie Booth, you said you want new t-shirts. Massey, tell her what she's won if she pays money. <laughs> new new t-shirts? <laughs> we got some cool Next shirts. Next Wednesday, we should have our shirts out. And we're going to, uh, because we haven't put them on the website. We can't talk about them <laughs> yet. It's called teaser, okay? <laughs> Did I just spoil? Well, I mean, we can't show you because they're awesome. Yeah. So, and we want you to keep checking the website. And while you're there, think about being a torchbearer and read yourself a blog. Pick yourself up a hat. Anyways, guys, we love you so much. We will be back here Monday morning with you. Game on. Have a great weekend. Love y'all. Have a great day.